I did it. I Wayne's world did you. Oh no. <laughs> Hello everyone. Welcome to a new episode in the beginning of season three. Dude, third season. Third season. It's pretty Getting crazy. This thing underway. It's a lot of episodes. I like it doesn't always feel I think you know I've talked about this before. We don't always give ourselves the credit yeah. that we deserve for certain things, whether it's this podcast or or whatever. Um and the fact that we've I think Sometimes people like, oh, okay, you run a podcast, good for you. And then I'm like, no, we got like 40-something episodes, I think. And they go, oh. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I, I was rushing over here to meet with you, obviously, for us to record today. And things came up, like the amount of the, the, uh, the circus of characters that came in and out of the doors of my life. from <laughs> Leaving work up. at one is never just one. It was, yeah. So, but I rolled over here and never at any point was there a, well, let's just not do this. And I think I do a lot of that with the coaching in the gym too, where people want to make changes in life or they want to start things in life or they want to reach for a goal. And oftentimes they, they keep that thing or that goal or that carrot as an external. And external motivators are amazing, right? But when it goes from being like a carrot to just being a thing that's going to happen, just a definite and absolute, then that's when we really see results happen, right? So when somebody wants to make a change on getting up early in the morning to get their workout in before work or eating their food or meal prep or traveling healthy, whatever, right? Like once it goes from being an idea, a carrot, an external motivator to just the way things are, man, that's when people click. And that's how this has become for, for me anyway. And I, and I think for you too. Yeah. It's just, you know, it was funny. Uh, Molly and I were talking today at breakfast about what are your daily non-negotiables? Like, what are your daily things that's like, like, I don't move on this. Right. Whether it's working out, eating, reading book, whatever. Like, what are your, what are those? And, you know, once a month or whatever it is, we, this is a non-negotiable. Like, Mondays are pretty sacred for me and Molly because it's the only day we share off. But, like, once a month. Sorry, honey. Yeah. Non-negotiable. Yeah. <laughs> your word's not mine. <laughs> it's pretty funny um, that you guys had that conversation this morning because... Abby and I are sitting Saturday morning. We're in a hotel room in Sedona for the weekend, for Halloween weekend. And uh, we're sitting there and I'm reading a book and she's on she's on her phone looking at stuff and she sees this video and she looks over at me and she goes, hey, what, will you watch this video real quick? Nope. And she looks back at me and, and like, like, kind of like, wait, what? I go, no, not right now. I'm, I'm in the book and I'm not going to move to like another thing. Yeah. The answer is no. And later in the morning, we went and got coffee. And I go, is that like... Do you, and I'm not going to say enjoy, but willingly accept this reality of our lives that I just have a very set way I'm going to do something and, you know, sink or swim. This is how I'm going to do it. Yeah. It's not like you wouldn't watch it, like sit Later. down for the coffee, yeah. show it to me now. Yeah. Now let me see it. Yeah. What, what was it? But no, the answer, no. I'm doing this right now. I don't think people say no very often. No. I no. don't. People say yes all the time. All the time. Um, anyway, season three is going to be awesome. I think, um, I don't want to jump right into it because I had the craziest thing, not the craziest, because the bar kind of keeps moving every week of the pandemic. Yeah, well. Um, but bikes are so hard to get. I'm just gonna pre- I'm just gonna present the. I'm not gonna tell you the whole story, but I'm just gonna present the scenario and let you process it. Okay. Bikes are so hard to purchase right now that I sold a bike 
to a bike shop employee from another store for full price, and he was happy to pay it. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> the shop that he works at, it was like, we were talking for a little bit and checking out, but he's like, dude, I got to like, he was cool about it. He was like, I kind of got to tell you, like, I, I work at a store uh, here in Denver. I was like, yeah, you kind of had that look. Like, he was wearing a bunch of gear, like, all the same brand gear. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, not overly surprised. He's like, is there anything you can do? I was like, honestly, man, the way it's looking, like, you know, I don't have to tell you. This might be the only one of these I get. So, I don't mean to, like, any other year, I would happily hook up somebody in the industry. Not happening this year. Yeah. I was like, no, I get it. I'll take it. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> um, it's bizarro world, no. man. That, the whole world. My story, I'm not even going to tell my story now. <laughs> because that was a better indicator. <laughs> I I know his feeling, though, because it's hard when you're in the deal to then go and have to just be another somebody. Yeah. I don't mean to make that sound horrible. And by no means am I in the deal. But you and I are tight enough that like, it's not a secret that I get deals. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I between a, between the the sponsors mm-hmm, and yeah. your own accolades as a as an athlete, and then the relationship with the shop, like. yeah, well, yeah, exactly. So I'm gone in, uh, so, like I said, we were in Sedona, and I knew my Rayon needed new rear disc brake pads. <laughs> yeah, right? you left. I asked you. Needed pads. I was like, hey, do you have pads for the codes? And Mm-mm-mm. you said no. And then so I asked Mo behind your back, and Mo uh, laughed. I said at me. I didn't think so. Yeah. So I asked Mo anyway, and he laughs. He goes, I haven't had those for two months, and I'm like. Okay, so we were up in, in Sedona and went into a shop, whatever. I got Abby's derailleur adjusted. And I was like, hey, do you guys by chance have rear disc brake pads for codes? He's like, oh, yeah. I'm like, I'll take them. Didn't even have, you know, and it's one of those you're going to pay service. Yeah. You're going to pay full pop. You're going to yep. pay all the stuff. Yeah. You know, it's not a bike by any means. But still, you're like, I was like, you have them? Can I, can I buy a couple extra sets of pads just so I can have them? Just, just so I can sell them to the guys at base camp. <laughs> right. That's kind of what I, cause I mean, you've been very obvious about how the year's been like with COVID. I, I, I don't think a lot of consumers know, and, and we talk about this behind the scenes too. Like the customer just doesn't realize, Hey guys, like we've every year of exit and you've been in the industry forever, which we're going to talk more about this later, but you know, every year you've been in the bike industry, you do a very good job. Like this isn't your first rodeo, yeah. but you can always get stuff. And not only you, but being here in Colorado, there's huge wholesalers that like QBP is here. Yeah. yeah so we you have can get it tomorrow here. So when people go, Oh, you don't have it in stock. No, but I'll have it tomorrow. Yeah. And it's without fail this year, obviously unprecedented. So I asked the guys at the shop in Sedona, I'm like, Hey, how do you, cause I started, they have the EDC tool. Oh, mm-hmm. they have the EDC the one top up, cap one up components. You can't get that from one ups website. It's no, I have stock. a one up account. Yeah. They don't have them. Nope. Right. These guys had nine on the shelf and like a dozen top caps. And then they had Stan's Dart, that Dart mm-hmm. product. No one has those, right? They had 15 of them. So I'm looking at them and I go, how do you guys have all of this stuff? And he's like, well, A, don't tell anybody, right? <laughs> um, Dude, we're so funny. Like I have a certain highly sought after bike in shop and like I'm not, like I'm trying to sell them, but not like just dump them all in three days. Yeah, because you want to have something on your floor. Yeah. <laughs> these, uh, these guys told me, they go, well, the thing is with, you know, we order, they have a warehouse also. And mm-hmm. so they order a stupid amount. And that's just not a, you know, you don't have to do that these days, right? Like you had to do that probably 15 years ago or 10 years ago, but with two day shipping and wholesalers everywhere, you just don't have to do that Yeah, this year. Yeah. You just order as much as you can get of whatever you think you can sell. 
And then some stuff you don't even <laughs> some know. Some stuff that you're just like, I don't know, I'll try it. Yeah, and it sells. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy times, man, for sure. Um, anyway, I just think that that was the weirdest moment. It was like the most surreal. Um, because within the bike industry, I think oftentimes within industries, there's a, a degree of courtesy. Yeah. Like I could, in a, in a year where a product was readily available... There's a potential for me to go to a shop in another state and be like, hey, man, like, I'm in the industry. I own a store in Denver. Can you either, like, hook me up or can I just, like, send you a replacement when I get back home? And in a normal year, oftentimes, that would be fine. Right. But this year, not, no. <laughs> and I wouldn't even try it. Well, and that's the, that's, there's almost, it's almost to the point now that if you know as much like not at your level, but even yeah. you know as much as what I know about what's like you going on. You just don't ask. You don't even ask. Yeah. Like don't even like to ask would be so uncouth. Yeah. And like, well, just... and it's not even an uncouth thing. It's a uh, because I don't know. Like I, I know what I have on order, but I don't know how much of that will actually get right. And so, I have heard of shops who were marking up prices, like taking MSRP and saying, oh, you know, supply and demand, it's worth a hundred bucks more or 500 bucks more, whatever it is. So that's happening. Um, We're not doing that and we'll, we'll continue to not do that. But I'm not saying that I won't give deals or discounts because I'm stingy. I just don't know what supply is going to look like. So you only have a certain amount of opportunities to make what you need to make for the thing to work. Yeah. For, you know, the guys to get paid and the lights to stay on. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, I have good inventory right now, but in March, I have no idea what my suppliers are actually going to be able to get me. So I got to insulate myself. I got to insulate the store. And so it's not even an uncouth. It's just not a reality. Yeah. Just not. Um, and there's your lessons on the bike business for today. Yeah, right. <laughs> Five minutes on how to not ask for a deal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oops. Anyway, so I say we jump straight in. Okay, so guys, we're going into season three here, and I updated our website, and it's just a single website, so don't get like all freaked out about it, okay? You're not going to be able to like plug in your avatar, and we'll train yeah. you virtually, right? It's yeah. just a website. But on there we did, we have, you know, season one, and it was about the Breck Epic. Mm-hmm. And then season two was really about us starting our own team um, on the backs of building this cool community. And, you know, then it, it morphed in our own race series. And so season two was really starting a team and running our own rogue race series. Mm-hmm. Season three, we, you know, as we talked about what we were going to do organically at the end of our season two episodes, we just kind of stumbled on it. Yeah, you kind of, you had texted me a few days ahead of that episode and laid out a challenge, and you battle-texted the shit out of me, too. Oh, yeah. It was like five paragraphs. Of, it, it was like an gr- ex-girlfriend text. Yeah, it was, <laughs> totally. Um, it, was, it, was a lot of, it was a lot of words, but the summary of it was, you got to do La Ruta in Season 2021. Season three is going to be about La Ruta de los Conquistadores. Yeah, so you laid out the, the, the challenge via text, followed it up on the podcast, and... Not for nothing, I waited. So you had a, a coupon code. Yep. And I waited until the day after the coupon code <laughs> was expired. So I was like, well, I looked at what the discount was. It was a good discount, but yeah. it wasn't a make or break discount, right? Like right. it was 150, $140 off or something like that. Um, Not that that's not money, but it just wasn't enough for me to like 
make myself feel stressed out about it. And I'm absolutely terrified by it, which is why I signed up for it. Like that was, I couldn't, I could think of a ton of reasons not to, whether it's if the, you know, what the travel situation is in a year, cause we're about a year away, almost yeah. exactly a year away. Um, there's a hundred easy outs. Um, but the reality was, is like, for whatever reason, I'm extremely intimidated by the event. And that was why I was like, bye, like bought it. Coupon code still worked a day later. <laughs> so I still got the discount. <laughs> so the, the, this is going to be, this is going to be weird because we're going to chat about this and I'm going to chat from two different, uh, positions in regards to you and I. I'm going to chat from you in this position from just ahead a little bit, but I'm also going to chat from you almost at once from a position just behind. And I'm spending time to explain that because it really uh, is the, it's really the spirit behind which I wanted to challenge you to do this thing. Right. And I, I regardless of what the event was next year, I knew somewhere bottled up deep inside of Justin was Justin, the coach talking to me right. coming soon. Like you may not all the way disagree with how I'm choosing to cultivate fitness right now, but I know you definitely got some opinions. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and but I, I was almost going to do a, I almost wanted to like flip it on its head a little bit and try to guess some of the critiques but I think I'm just going to let you go. Yeah. I think I'm going to shock you a little bit. So, uh, is this bread or is this shit? No, this, this is a, it's a chicken pot pie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> it's, it's all of it. It is wrapped up in a beautiful just, little crust. It's all one bite. Crust. Yeah, it's, but you got to have it all. Get a once. little bit of everything. Have you ever watch those bite. cooking shows? Like they take all the elements the and make bite. like a perfect bite. The perfect right? bite. Yeah. yeah, and then they just eat one bite. Yeah, and they're done. I wonder how much like they eat it and they're like, wow, was, I would do anything for this. Like a Pringle. Like I want that second one. Right. Um, all right, so here's the deal. Uh, we've talked about this in the last two years as I've progressed with racing, how I still don't always feel like I've either earned my spot. Or like my confidence at at least at the very at the start line of it, like building up to an event, traveling to an event, maybe even training for an event, confidence through the roof, and then those like three and a half minutes in the corral before the event start, like all of that confidence melts away, and I become super insecure. You're like looking like, at everybody's yeah, bikes yeah, 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 and their yeah. kits, and, and it just doesn't ever right. ever go away. And I'm starting to realize now it's less about just a reflection it. on me. It's just the, it's the energy right. right of all of it, right. and everyone feels that way. Um, however. I remember back when I was a kid going to bike shops, right? And I, I mean, I was a kid, kid, right? Like, you know, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, like kid, kid. I'm going to these bike shops and you're a kid. So it's a bike shop run by adults and like you're a kid. So you're like an annoying pesky kid and you know, you're an annoying pesky kid, right? Like, so your position is submissive, right? You're like, man, they let me hang out. And then, but the second they kind of like look at me snide, they're like, you're going to scatter. It's like when Colin tells one of the young kids here working to do something. I bet the way that they feel is kind of how I felt as a kid in a bike shop forever, right? Um, now I've gotten older and I've done a lot of stuff in my life. But when I first met you and at the bike shop in Wash Park, first came in as just a friend of Clint's, you know, became business partners. I remember at this point, 
Clint had chastised me enough about the bike I was riding that I got a new bike and it was a, uh, like a 2012 stump jumper FSR. And uh, I was so excited that I had the bike. And I think Clint chastised me because I had a specialized. Because it was a specialized like and not a Yeti. A boutique <laughs> brand or some shit. And I had the wrong bike rack because it was the wrong bike. Now, granted, fast forward where we stand today, we just did a whole episode about how actually all that stuff was right. But um, I remember coming into the shop and I didn't know you at all, right? right. Uh, and that feeling is still there. And every customer who comes into your shop for the first time, no matter how successful or accomplished or put together their life may be or whatever car they parked out front, like they could have parked the dopest car up front, but they're going to walk in and this is a culture industry. And uh, there's this feeling of like, I'm in my seat. I'm in my back. I'm in my heels a little bit, right? Like, And I remember when I first met you, that's how I felt. And because I didn't know at that time how to really do anything on my bike of, you know, I could change tires and put in a tube and fix a chain or whatever. Right. But like not the, you know, I don't have a lot of skills now, but not, I didn't have any of them that I have now or understanding or a closeness with all the inner workings. You know, I was, I was just an outsider and I held, like I revered you as the embodiment of the bike. You know what I mean? The bike shop, bike industry. We talked about something you knew already like, Oh yeah, this ride, that trail, this thing, that whatever, this bike. Oh, this is what's wrong. Like you're the fucking guru, you know? Um, and so when we first met, like there was a huge totem pole effect and you were that like sprawling Eagle up top and I'm just like walking up to the pole. You know what I mean? Um, and as the years progressed months initially, but then years progressed, you guys let me in a little bit, but I was always like Clint's bud. So I wasn't in all the way, you mm-hmm. know, then I start to park in the back of the shop and I can come to the back of the shop. Cause that's like a huge thing at that old shop. And it is here too. Like if you come into the back of this shop, you know you're you're on the inner circle, right? If you're a front, it's the uh, it's the velvet rope. Totally, you're, <laughs> you're a front door. Like I remember when we were going to nightclubs in my young, like early twenties. If you got to go into the back entrance or the alley entrance, like you were dope, you know. And so that's kind of how it works here. Um, but it took a long time to get to the back door, Bambi access, and then even then, our relationship was always a degree removed, right? There was always something in between, and at some point that changed a bit, and I think it was just. I wore you the fuck down with frequency. And that's the key. It's just I, like you guys opened the doors to me and it was just, okay. And I was in all the time. Yeah. Um, and we bridged a lot. And then naturally when that bike shop went away and you came into your own, um, there was even a, a, a bigger jump, I would say, in our genesis of friendship. Um, and then it's even continued to grow. But I've always had this like hold you in regards to all of this stuff at this level that I'll never attain um, for whatever. This is like being honest, you know? Uh, and I think a lot of people that interact with you here have that feeling and you probably don't, aren't aware of it or don't acknowledge it. Okay. Like you said at the beginning of the episode, you know, you don't, we don't give ourselves the credit, Yeah. but you're like the guru. Okay. But I also know you personally and oftentimes the guru of a thing doesn't get to spend as much time with that thing as everyone thinks they do. Oh, for sure. And, and we've talked about that openly on the podcast, right? Uh, and I wanted to challenge you to do LaRuda because the character in my mind that is Harley, the one that I met when I had a 2012 stump jumper and the one that I've got to know all these years, like that character is the character that packs a bike up, gets on a plane, flies across the continent to a new one, freaking 
crushes an insane event and is the, the embodiment of bike. Like, I am all that bike, hear me roar. Mm-hmm. And, and that's who I still see you as. And even though we have this close friendship that lets me see the other sides of you, I want to I watch that character fly in his fullest. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. That it, got weird. It, no, it, it got good. Um, why? So if you look at the raw data of, you know, I'm, I'm the nerd, right? Mm-hmm. And if you look at the race, objectively, it's not any harder than anything I've done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, again, I, I no, no, you're no. right with yeah. the data. Yeah. Uh, rule. I forget the rule, <laughs> but it's in there. Uh, not all miles are what's, created equal. What's the X factor of like why, without knowing anything yeah. about the actual mm-hmm. race itself, why intuitively is this race more intimidating to me? Like, what am I? What what spider sense am I experiencing? That's like, dude, you need to like overhaul some shit. The truth is that you've never ridden a bike in that situation, in that environment. Like, am I saying environment like the space only? The, the, it's the synergistic combination of all the challenges. The chicken pot pie. It's the perfect bike. It's the chicken pot pie, dude. It is at times straight uphill mm-hmm. in unrelenting heat with no wind, mm-hmm. nasty hot humidity that is actually over 100%. I don't know how to do it. Radiating heat. Like, like how can it be more than 100%? Mud, terribly slippery mud and no bailout. Like there is no rip You're locked cord. in. Like um, All of that combined with... I can't communicate very well with anyone around me. Mm-hmm. I can't just go buy the things that I normally would have. Everything's lifted from underneath me, and I'm totally just out there exposed. Oh, and yeah, I also got to race this bike. <laughs> and so that's what is probably the spidey sense is because it's going to be so incredibly foreign Yeah. by location, climate, terrain, the only thing that's going to be familiar is that it's a bike race. It, you're going to be riding a bike for most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> like I have one goal. Yeah. yeah. For, not one. I have one overarching goal for uh, next year at La Ruta. And it's not just, this isn't just a you goal. This is an us goal. And we're going to chronicle our own journeys towards this and what we're going to try to accomplish. But there's a section of this that in two years, I have still not ridden it. I've always walked. And I don't think I've walked it because it's, again, it's not the, tr- the data would say, why are you walking? It's the combination of this super high altitude, second day, top of the second volcano, spongy ground, hot, tired, almost at an aid station. Everyone else is kind of walking. You can walk. You have walked. Why pedal? In two years in a row now, I have failed the mental game. Goggins would kick me in the tape. <laughs> and so we have our own journeys. And, and I think that I think I think it's going to make you be every bit of bike that you've ever been. Yeah. All right. I'm in. I mean, I'm excited. Um, I don't know. A lot, of, a lot of this episode is, you know, to me, I haven't, I think I probably, if I were to just continue what I'm doing, I would have an okay path to, to La Ruta. Yeah. Um, but I don't think we're chasing okay, are we? No, we're, we're going to, <laughs> we're looking for break. Yeah. Before the event, of course. Right. But we're looking for break and we're looking for transformation. Yeah. Right? Um, there's just something super cool about an experience. Like, I, I, I think that my favorite thing with bike racing at this point in time is any international race. Mm-hmm. Because it just amps up the 
levels of what you did, what you've sacrificed, what you've gone through, what uh, logistics you had to figure like every like so much has gone into it. You know, they talk about um, and I, I don't know how you did this with Basecamp, but to get funding from any institution, you have to write a business plan, right? And but no one reads the business plan. And I don't know if we went over this in the last episode or not, but uh, every bank requires you or, or, or even angel fund investor will require yeah. you to have the business plan. None of them read them. They're like 20 pages, 30 pages. Four. No one's going to read it. They just want you to do the act of making the thing there it is. to get the money. So to finish LaRuda, if you were just picked up by your head by like one of those giant toy cranes like from Toy Story and dropped at the start line with a bike and all your gear, could you ride to the finish? Probably. Yeah, probably. But that's not how the world works, right? In order to do, to get yourself to that start line, you have had to do so much stuff. And it's in that stuff, the minutia of the stuff that we have the opportunity to be transformed. Right. Um, and that's what I experienced. I had a mix of successes and failures this year with regard to racing. Yeah. Um, and... But none of them were major challenges, right? Like the first race I did this year was our road, our our road race on May 16. It's 54 miles. Well, I can do 54 miles. Right. That's not a challenge. Like it, at no point was I like, man, I don't know if I'm going to finish this. Right. I didn't finish it super fast, but at no point was there a question like, you know, am I going to have to call an Uber from? Bear Creek Park. Right. Like, right, right. You know what I mean? Um, same thing with the... So I, I, I didn't perform that well, but I completed, um, you know, our season finale race. I thought it performed extremely well. But in terms of relative effort, 600 feet of climbing over 33 miles, right. you better do that in under two hours. Right. Right? Um, so... I don't want to say I. I don't want to say I. I feel like I'm treading water from a fitness perspective because I definitely feel like I've shown some some improvements, and I think my some of my rides show that the ability to still set personal records here and there. Um, but the the tail end of next season for me is big. <laughs> it's gonna be. I mean, August, October, and November are big events. Yeah, you're talking Leadville 100 yep. for the big push. Then you got Big Sugar mm -hmm. and then LaRuda. And then unless you tell me not to do it, I might sign up for the Apex. I mean, the Apex is sweet. <laughs> the, there is a little, we have to talk about the Grizzly and, and the No Rider on Finale thing that may be at the same time, but um, depending on dates. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's sweet and everyone loves that. Yeah. Uh, here's the Here's the thing with, Here's the thing with grabbing at straws, and that's kind of what I'm going to call your. If I if I was like, hey Harley, I challenge you to write a pair. As a matter of fact, everybody listening, I challenge you to write a paragraph summarizing your uh, development this year as a bike rider or a bike racer. And if you would have to grab at straws to write that paragraph, then you know that this year wasn't the year that you transformed, right? Like you could have gotten a little stronger and you got a little better, but when you're talking about those numbers. 10 watts, 20 watts, 30 watts, uh, 40 seconds faster, you know, 
0.8 miles an hour faster average, an extra 800 miles this year on Strava, whatever. Like when you're grabbing at straws, you know that it wasn't a transformative opportunity. But when you say, oh, I completed Leadville or, oh, I did the Breck Epic or, oh, I did, you know, insert anything. Like when you, when you go, oh, you need me to write a paragraph. I don't need to write a paragraph. I can just show you the number plate or show you that, write the title down mm-hmm. or then you know that was transformative. And that was the problem with 2020 for so many people was that they didn't have a chance. There, to, yeah, that. there weren't external opportunities right. I to mean, do that. It, it was really hard. And it goes back to you can't just get picked up and dropped to the start line. If you did have something to point to this year, then in 2020, then you really, really probably – you really did transform because not only was it not easy, you had to search it and then you had to do it. Like, that's crazy. You know, sure. like – People who who won stuff this year um, had to go through a lot just to have the opportunity to win and then to win. And that's, that's again, that's what I'm talking about with this LaRuta concept is that it's so complex in just doing it. Um, also, and this is, I think, the hook that is going to be the thing that will become in its own way some some sort of a mantra for you. And, you know, you have to develop your own words because – that's how mantras are. They have to be your own words. Unless you're referencing Eminem. At any point in time, you can use Eminem lyrics for mantras. And they can be yours. They, they can be. He'll, he, yeah. he, he, it's part of his record deal is that yeah. he licenses <laughs> yeah. mantras. <laughs> you can put them on T-shirts, keychains, notepads, yeah. vision boards, yeah. um, and cars. Vision boards. Uh, license plates. As a matter of fact, there was a trail in Sedona called uh, Slim Shady. I went out of my way to ride. I didn't even know what, I didn't even look at the trail and go, oh, Slim Shady. Yes, I'll stand up. And I just turned onto <laughs> it and I ended up riding it four times. I was only out there for three days, but I ended up riding this trail Slim Shady four times. And I, I think I sang Eminem every time. But uh, anyhow, I digress. You're going to have a mantra somewhere that will um, sound something like today finishing is racing. And that's going to allow you to let go of that reality. Like it just becomes an accepted thing. Okay, cool. And now you can just do you because when I've watched you just do you right without all the paralysis by analysis, without all of the, but this and that's and comparisons and thoughts and these and these and plans and plans. And, um, when you just perform you, that's your best performance. And that's for most of us. Right. And when you talk about your races this year and you're like, you know, I completed it. Never at no point in time was I not going to complete it, but I could have done it faster. That whole statement is bullshit and is cut from the record next year when we talk about LaRuda. Mm-hmm. There is no expectation other than you're going to finish that fucking race. You're going to start at an ocean and you're going to end at a different ocean. <laughs> and you're going to go through a lot of stuff in between. Yeah. And, um, and that stuff is what we're there for. But you're going to finish at the other ocean. In the, in the luxury is that you know you're going to do it because could you imagine trying to live with the person who invests the time, the resources, the everything to go out there and at some point in time on day one or day two or day three, you just decide to mail it in? Yeah. Well, one, you're in the middle of a jungle <laughs> on day one. So I don't. there's really not even a spot for you to mail it in. And day two, if you do mail it in, you're going to have to ask for a ride from a local and you don't speak their language in some truck off of the side of a volcano, it's not going to happen. In day three, at that point in time, you smell the barn, so it doesn't matter. But like, you're not going to get to be able to say, yeah, but I finished it. No, no, you're going to finish it. So now let's fucking just do it. Sure. And I think that is the purest, this the single speed in me coming out, right? Right. Are you doing LaRue to single speed? So this is where I'm going to allow <laughs> you to flip it. 
I'm going to allow you to flip it. I'll back on me and push me because I've done LaRuda. That did LaRuda. In How many the is it? Are you done field. three or two? two? Two. So this will be my third. And last year at the finish line of uh, the 100, I saw Roman Urbina, the founder of LaRuda, uh-huh. uh, who we're going to try to get on the podcast this year, yeah. this season. We're going to have Roman on as a guest. So, D, you have to figure out how to patch in a call from Costa Rica. He's the nicest guy. And his wife, Florence, she's awesome. But I asked him at the finish line um, in 19, rather, and I go, hey, man, like... Finish line of Leadville or finish line of LaRuda? Finish line of Leadville 100 in 19. I go, hey, man, I just second place single speed. Right. And I'm like... On your way to, to Breck Epic. Right, right. Hey, man, like, what's up with the LaRuda? Why don't we have a single speed division? He goes, man, we did. No one did it. And the only people that did it didn't, didn't finish it. So we just haven't done it. Uh-huh. Fast forward just a couple weeks ago, having dinner with Josh Coons at the end of the Grizzly 100... He's going to Spain next year for a race. Supposed to be this year. Got pushed off for COVID. COVID in Spain was like way worse than COVID. Yeah, it was way bad. It was bad. Like the athletes couldn't even leave their apartments. Um, the dude was like running in his stairs in his condo. Pro rider. Yeah. Like, anyway, um, the director for this race in Spain said, no, you, you can't do single speed. And they go, well, why not? And this is the, the head of NUE here in the States. Well, why not? This is what the guy races. No, no one does single speed out here. Like you just, you wouldn't be able to do it. Josh is only taking a single speed now, not even a backup bike. I will do it because you said I couldn't do it. And I kind of have that feeling a little bit. I also have the feeling of if I race, you know, on a geared bike, I could move up in the total and not try to get like a top five pro finish or something mm-hmm. like that. But I'm going to allow you to kind of think on it and push me. Do you push me to do single speed like a lunatic? Because it isn't ever done and create my own division or go out there geared. And I kind of like the idea of being able to try to fly the American flag against a lot of the foreigners and yeah. see where I'm at. But I know where my gut is right now, but I'm going to, I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a beat and we'll, we'll unveil that one in a upcoming episode. Cool. Good. Um, well, is it still single speed if I carry a bunch of other cogs in my pocket and stop on the side of the trail? I think we decided that that gear. wasn't the, cause I, I don't know if you remember what you it's know, a slow derailer. I, I get a little like mad scientisty when it comes to bike stuff and like coming up with fun solutions. And for some reason, I was like, "Well, we can just get like three single speed cogs, put them in the middle, and you can just like slide your dropouts." And you're like, "Well, then it's not a single speed, is it?" It's a horrible derailer. Yeah, a manual <laughs> it's derailer. It's like the shittiest, <laughs> slowest derailer. Uh, so, per your own uh, yeah, discretion, do. I don't think that's uh, that's the way forward. Um. Do do we want to get into right now? Because when I look at my five-year evolution as an athlete, I see a lot of ups. And I see a lot of improvements. I see a lot of breakthroughs. Um, I see a lot of times that I effectively, to use your, your terminology, became a different person. Um, is the path to, which I just looked it up. I was kind of absentmindedly typing, um, but uh, 366 days. Like, That's how far away? Ex- almost exactly a year, the day that we're recording oh this. Oh, my gosh. 366 days, eight hours. Um, so it's kind of cool that we're That's just super kind cool. of We're like accidentally, dead nuts a year out. Yeah. Um, so as far as my preparation through the winter into the spring, et cetera, um, is it an overhaul or is it a tweak? So – it's going to be a tweak to the structured training, mm-hmm. not an overhaul. 
but it's going to be an addition to it that is uh, that is really the crux behind being successful. Mm-hmm. So two things that are going to be necessary that you don't get right now enough of because it hasn't been, you know, it wasn't a reason, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you did for Leadville in the in the years past, but we're we're some years removed from that now. Yeah, you know? it was twenty seventeen. So time in the saddle. Yeah. So, yeah, just hours, just volume, just, just raw volume. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Slow, fast, I don't forget, yeah. time in the saddle. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then the back to back to back. Right. Which we worked on that with Breck Epic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there is there is a lot that goes into getting yourself back on that saddle on day three. Mm-hmm. And not back to back to back, like, did a, you know, did a lap of Green Mountain, and then did a lap of Apex, <laughs> and no, then, like, all right, fine, we're going to go do Centennial Cone. No, yeah. like... Man, I got that was really hard. Yeah. And then like I'm wrung out. Yeah. That was and then now I got oh man, that one was really hard. Shit, I gotta do a third. Okay. Now that was really hard. You know, like mm-hmm. and so it'll be that. That'll be an ad. So those two things, time in the saddle and then the back to back to back efforts that really and it's not even training you as much as it's it's really training the body, training the body to understand what is it like to okay, I, I know that the reserves are there, right? That forty percent rule, the Navy SEALs rule. Oh, yeah. The reserves but I don't go there very often, and so because I don't go there very often, the body can get kind of muted in its ability to really fully execute. You know, it's funny that... So, did we do a race recap for the season finale in Big Bear? Yeah, we went over the hole, and we... Oh, well, dude, I just raced it two weeks ago. Yeah, so we didn't do that. No. And we did did we do the 10-3 race? Yeah, we did the 10-3. We did that, okay. God. (laughs) Dude, I... uh, Today... It feels like that. I've everything is just teetering on the edge for me today uh-huh. in terms of because we got back late. Like, our flight landed at 10, 10 o'clock last night, and so to do a quick turnaround like that. Yeah. And then my mom's in town. She was watching her dogs with my, and she had an hour to visit us today. But it was an hour before Abby and I had to coach at noon, <laughs> which I was like, oh, I didn't know how to coach at noon. And we're going to record at one. <laughs> and then I got this random old guy who's a, a disabled vet that comes in. He smokes. He's got COPD. Oh, is he still coming in? No, he's not. Oh. Because COVID will kill you, bro. And but he wants to. But he's still around. Dude, he left me the weekend I was in Grizzly. He he called me two days before I left. I go, dude, I'm in California for the weekend. Um, we'll wrap on maybe a way to solve this, but the gym environment's really not good for somebody that has this, as many kind of pre-existing conditions as you do. I don't mean to be a jerk. I just don't want to be responsible for something really bad happening to you, right? Um, that weekend, he left me 11 voicemails. Oh, my God. What's so his name? That we're not going to... Yeah, that's no. not fair. I love that guy. Yeah, I know, but yeah. it's just really no, no, not no. safe no, for no, him. No, 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 I know, but... Like, there's probably COVID in the gym. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to... Because there's enough people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we do a really good job of cleaning yeah. and blah, blah, blah. But, like, there's probably COVID yeah. there. No. But if you go to the gym, you're healthy enough that you're probably not going to get it. Yeah. I, I, I'm excited because he started coming before March. Yeah. And I met him. And, like, I mean, he's just a dog-tough MFer. Dude, he is <laughs> all the way. You were, So I saw him out of the corner of my eye today while coaching. And Abby's like, he's here. And I'm like, dude, I literally am finishing this at one and I have to be there at one. I have to bolt. Like at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> I have to wiggle my nose. I have to like, ge- ge- dream of genie there. Yeah. And he's got his, his hair is dyed and he had a shirt unbuttoned, like Abby said, almost to his navel with a big chain. Love it. Just to, Dude, I love that guy. <laughs> he's meeting me tomorrow at three. He's like, yeah, I worked out a couple of times and like he embodies the, the spirit of, this is going to sound ridiculous, but there are times that he has the spirit that I wish I had. Like he's, 
he's a mess, right? Yeah. In some ways, like, you know, he's, he, the, your workouts are complex, right? The workouts at E3 are not just like do a bicep curl. Like it's compound movements. It's complex shit. Um, and he's just in there getting it right, getting it wrong, messing it up, doing it right here and there, but he doesn't stop. Dude, he's he. What happened to that guy? He crawled out of the trenches of World War One, <laughs> and he walked through a portal, aged fifty five years, and he ended up at twenty twenty in E three fitness. Like yeah. that's the grit that dude has. Yeah, no, he's awesome. Um, so. I just don't want to kill him. No, and you shouldn't. Although he might not be killable. No, I I get that. <laughs> but let's not run the experiment. <laughs> we passed a lady on the trail uh, yesterday riding, and she goes, "You're not coming back this way, are you?" And I go, "Oh, I, I don't know. Well, why?" Maybe. Because I don't want you to kill us. That's what she says, right? Now, like, at the time, we were climbing uphill at 3.2 miles an hour in technical <laughs> rock, right? And I go, ma'am, I'm like super in control here and been mountain biking for three decades. Zero deaths. So I'm not a serial killer yeah, either. You're probably yeah. going to be okay. But I don't want to be yeah. a killer. And that's yeah. my problem with my man. I got to talk yeah. to him. Yeah, dude, for sure. There's these tiny windows that I think you can exist in here. Yeah, but they're small. They're small and like, so. I just love that he's still around. I thought for sure he was going to disappear in the face of COVID and all that. So. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. It's, it, it's, it makes me happy to hear he's still still around. Yeah, he's. One day, <laughs> one day, Colin and I were changing, getting ready to come to work from a E3 session. And he had been there and there was a roll of quarters. But it was like a, a sealed roll of quarters that was like, you could tell it had been in somebody's pocket for years. Like it had like jean dye on it. The edges were all tattered and like, why is this? I was like, I bet he carries that around to punch people if he has to. You ever like hold a oh, roll yeah, of quarters? No, for sure. Like the only other person that had been in the bathroom that day was him and us. And it was his like his roll of quarters in case he had to throw down. Throw down. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm not surprised. No, no, not no, even no, a no. Bit. Like, I'm not surprised. Well, because brass knuckles, they'll put you in some silver uh, yeah. bracelets, but yeah. roll of quarters is just a roll of quarters. He's doing laundry. Yeah. Or uh. clubbing people on the regular. <laughs> it, it, it looks like he has bricks on the end of his hand. Did you keep the, the roll of quarters? Uh, I think I put it in Lost and Found. I'm going to check Lost and Found because that's like $10 It's quarters. 10 bucks. <laughs> I'm keeping that. I thought about it, and I was just like, <laughs> well, I know whose it is. Like... <laughs> But if it, been, was, if it was a victimless crime, it was a roll of ten dollars worth of quarters on the side of the street in a gutter with no human around. Like, yeah. all right, that's that's victimless in my mind. Is it weird that I oftentimes look at the side of the road when I'm either road riding, gravel riding, or on the mountain bike, and I feel like one day I'm going to find like a mob, like a mafia duffel bag full of hundreds, and I have a plan on how to get it and get away like with stash it. it. Like what I think about that oftentimes on like long races or rides <laughs> when I'm out there for hours. And I'm like, in like I, really remote yeah, spots. Totally. Yeah, totally. And like, there's like blood on it. And so like I build a whole scenario on how I'd get away with it and all that. Like, I don't think that the mob, like in the world of Bitcoin, I don't think it works that way anymore. I think, I think that's dark but web. But I'm and... still looking for it. So we got on this spiral <laughs> hard. <laughs> but we were saying we didn't do a recap. We didn't do a recap for Big Bear, Bear or State Champs. Yeah. No, we didn't hit it. Um. I told you you've been to Whirlwind every weekend I've been yeah. it's been like weekend, 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 weekend. I'm like losing my mind. So I wanted to I wanted to focus on state champs. I got my lunch eaten the most I've ever gotten my lunch eaten at a race. Would you agree? Yeah. Um Yeah. Mentally, I think mentally I, I, I when I finished, I was like, F this course, I'm done with it. 
and you were like, yeah, till next year when race registration goes live. And you're probably right. And it's the same reason today when I was playing video games, I kept doing the same thing over and over and over again until I fucking got it. And that's why I'm going to race that stupid fucking course again. Is because you can look at my heart rate data. You can look at my power data and you can see I was in it. And then I said, F it. And like just finished. And it's because I hate that course to tears. <laughs> but I will for sure go back and do it until I nail it, until I make it my bitch. Yeah. Um, but this kind of ties in. The reason I wanted to do state champs first is because you had said something that kind of tied into this and it, it, with recovery and repeated efforts and, and whatnot. And so we did two races out at uh, Ridgeline this year. And one of them, I thought I, I like, I felt good about my performance. Like um, I had a bonk, but like overall I didn't finish last in the whole fucking race. <laughs> so, you know, hats off there. Uh, <laughs> uh so despite having a bonk, I still performed better. And when I look at the week leading up to both of those races, the week leading up to the first race at Ridgeline, I rode all week. I had, between indoor and outdoor rides, I had about a 100-mile week and then took Saturday off and then went and raced. And physically, my fitness felt fine. I just botched my nutrition. Right. And then... In an effort to go into that state champ race, more more fed, more rested. Um, I only rode. I I did. A, I kind of kept my legs moving. Is there a scenario where being more in it, like even if it's just with one day of recovery, because eighteen miles isn't like that's basically just twenty miles a day for five days, one day off, eighteen miles. Yeah. So at low and the the first you know the week being at low intensity, but moving. Yeah. So I have, this is going to be, okay, let's put this out there. I don't work for like Carmichael training systems, right? No. Like those guys, when they do cycle coaching, they're like all the way in the data and the science and they're going, they're going deep into it. Right. And I've always said that anyone that I coach with fitness and, you know, biking with like cycling with the in-gym fitness and efforts and all, so much of this stuff is kind of um, by is anecdotal coaching from my own experience. Um, and I'm not afraid to admit that, right? Like, I, no, I can't break down physiologically exactly what is ha happening and why. And this is exactly where the issue is. And we just need to tweak this paralysis by analysis a little mm. bit, right? A bit more of like a fucking swing first, ask questions later kind of dude. What? Uh, <laughs> what? Dude, taper, the taper idea. I think taper fucks with me. And all that. It may work for somebody else. You know, you know, here's why I think it was really successful. When you are in your teens and early 20s and you don't do stuff, mm -hmm. your body is still coursing with HGH. Right. right? It's like your testosterone's crazy. Like your body is built to just rebuild, 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 rebuild. And like we lose that, right? Like as you age, you just, you just lose that. Like you lose elasticity of muscle. You lose the health of joints. Like stuff breaks down. Cartilage is gone. Like... We're beat up, mm -hmm. and I think as we get older, when we take a beat, that stuff can start to ache. You know, it's mm -hmm. like we and we've used a bunch of analogies on this podcast, right? It's pulling a 
crusty, nasty old bolt out from the uh, fuel tank on my 74 Scout and putting a brand new bolt in, well, now it leaks like a bitch. Yeah. Right? And some of it with us, when we stop, that stuff starts to tighten and get weird. It's that, you know, body in motion stays in motion. Right. So for me, I do not do well typically when I take the whole time off. Now, I had one instance this year, Shenandoah, I took off the whole week and it was very uncomfortable. My skin was crawling all week, <laughs> but I performed really well. Yeah. But the rest of the time, I find that time off does not, does not help me. Um, you're right, though, the mental side of it as well. Yeah. Well, the race performance that I'm most proud of this year was definitely the gravel race at the end of the, uh, the season finale. Like, I felt really good about. Well, you what, should. You competed at your potential. Yeah, and that's really what it boils down to. When I and I think I'm still learning what my my week before an event looks like. Mm-hmm. All this time later, right? Like all these events later, I think I'm still learning. And I think what I arrived at this year is the. Like the week of the season finale race, I had a hard-ish week. I went pretty hard Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I went super soft on Thursday and Friday. And then I did a 30-minute openers workout the the morning before the race. Or sorry, just that Friday. So I I rode every day that week. And then... Performed great. When I when when it like at the the decisive moment of that event was three blocks east of the shop when four dudes took off and I was like, well, I'm just gonna go see. And so I think the lesson learned specifically between that event, the juxtaposition of that event and state champs is for me for sure. I I shouldn't taper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like. Again, you're right. An 18 mile race isn't begging your body to do something it's never done before. So, do I need to have all this time off and this full like rest and reality? But even on those events that do, like I have an event this weekend that is going to be something my body's never, I've literally never done what I'm going to try to do this weekend mm-hmm. ever before in my life. And I'm right now wrestling with taking the rest of the week. I just rode three days in a row. I did two to three rides a day for three like, days in a row. It's like, it I was, just kept riding. My Strava feed was. All you and, and Victor. And it wasn't us <laughs> dumping them. You know how people yeah. do that? They'll like dump their Strava. Yeah. Like their bike computer has been like, all week yeah. and they upload yeah. it all at oh, once. Yeah. I hate that, by the way. Yeah, no, I know. We're just owning feeds no. because they did three rides a day. Yeah, that's no, um, awesome. You get to a point where your legs don't think about being legs. And I think when the legs don't think about being legs, meaning you don't get that like, oh, I got to get them started or, oh man, I, I want to make sure I'm fueled and ready. Like I eliminate the leg expectation because they're just going to do their thing. It just... The more, the further you can get removed from your own self, the more yourself can do its thing, get out of its way, stupid, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what happens on multi-day deals. That's what happens when you're riding for the the love of the ride mm-hmm. and not the data. And I know I'm I'm not saying that as like a barb to you, but the data will crush us if we're too into it. Sure. And so I I feel a little bit of a need to explain like this year's been a crazy like I've been like eyeballs deep in data right but it's also to your it's all you had it's a crea- it's a it's a coping mechanism yeah it's for all 2020 you've had. <laughs> like i i realize you're wearing a wahoo shirt yeah <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> I mean, whatever so, no no i'm just saying um, guys he's not just data on the day he's wearing yeah. literally his data shirt but it's one of those things is like when 
I, I, I didn't really realize it until this weekend. And I was talking with Colin and I was kind of droning on about workouts. And I, I mentioned to you, I had this power matching thing with my trainers, which is something I'm excited to talk about on a different episode. Um, and he just like glazed over, like usually he and I can talk about bike shit and he'll, whether he feigns interest or not, like stays engaged. And he just was like, yeah, it was off. And I realized that I've become so into the data of my fitness because it's what I needed to do to stay focused on it and to like not have a complete meltdown and like sell the business and run to the mountains. Right. (laughs) Right. Um, the year, the Breck Epic year, 2019, I had a horror, like I was really caught up in the data. And the second I let go of it, my season turned, like turned the corner. So I know this isn't a, a permanent thing, right? right? It's just what I need right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I had a girl in the gym. We just did a MyZone challenge mm-hmm. for the month of October. And people had to set a goal on what they were going to get for MEPS. And um, you actually had to pay me 20 bucks to be in it. And if you met your goal, you're 20 bucks back. You did it. You set a goal. I did. I failed it. Yeah. I, I kept 20 bucks. Hey, you rolls your dice, you take your chances. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. <laughs> uh, but this individual, this one individual, uh, without telling, you know, obviously I'm not going to tell who it is, but probably one of the best female athletes in terms of fitness level that we've ever had. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is some years ago, but. Uh, she was just the pinnacle of fitness, really, in the whole gym community. You know, so out of a few hundred athletes, she's top female. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, she's really far removed from that currently, and had a lot of life stuff in between that has put her in this situation um, to the point that she's now working with somebody who uh, in the gym, one of our coaches, who didn't know her former self, right? right. And she goes, I can't imagine her being at that level. I go, no, no, I'm, I'm telling you she was in better shape than you are, mm-hmm. you know, than the coach was. Mm-hmm. She goes, I just can't imagine that. Well, this person jumped into this challenge, and they set a goal quite lofty, uh, significantly higher, like a multiple higher than any month they'd had on record for the previous two years. Mm-hmm. They set the goal so damn high that if they got it, it would have been a miracle, and there's a, there's terms behind there's psychological terms behind like what's happening here, right? Um, when people set goals that are so far out of reach, there's no way you're going to get it. What it does is it eliminates the expectation of you actually even ever getting it. And so now no one expects like Harley goes, yeah, I'm going to ride from here to uh, Antarctica on my bike, and I'm never going to stop. <laughs> okay, well that's never going to happen. That's ridiculous. So Harley starts and he doesn't get there. Well, yeah, duh, of course he doesn't get here. No big deal, Harley. Come on back. Let's go get a coffee, right? But Harley says, I'm going to go do La Ruta. I'm going to race from one coast of the country to the other. It's a three-day stage race. I'm going to do it in a year from now. Your potential is that there's the expectation is that, yes, you do. And with, in order for you to do it, like today, you couldn't do it. Yeah. Right? Because there's a lot of growth. In, like, I think you could physically, but I think there's a lot of growth that needs to occur for you to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the right goal, right? The one that's just outside of ability, which I have to become new to get that ability, right? That is goal setting. Too many people are setting these crazy things 
that then give them the freedom to fail. Um, training in your cave by yourself gives you the freedom to doubt that you do because you train you, every night. I look, 7.39 p.m. Harley does a, a ride, and I'm like, what the fuck, yeah, 7.39 p.m. I'm like trying to keep my eyes open, you know? <laughs> um, but you do it without fail. Yeah. But so much of it, do or don't do, there's no real consequence. Um, this goal is going to be something where it's within your potential, but boy, oh boy, it's going to be right on the edge of it. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, how the state champs go for you? Dude. <laughs> so I, I think I might be – it's one of the races I'm most proud of the whole year. Really? Yeah. And it's so funny because you were kind of like, eh. I don't know if I'm going to do it. I don't know. I guess I'll do it. I'll tell you why I was like that. Um, I was like that because those big NUE races, these big like 100-mile single-speed races, they're in my wheelhouse where really to win it, I just think I have to be willing to hurt and be tough, right? And I know I can do that. The state, the state champ race, is it's short. It's a it's XC race, so it's super high – Intensity. You guys had like 24 miles or something? Yeah. yeah. Super high intensity. Um, short course where you're blitzed the whole time. That's just not how I ride. And I don't train that way. And so when I said, I don't know if I'll do it or not, part of it was I didn't know if I wanted to stain my like, <laughs> yeah, I fucking won everything this year. Right. Sorry, that sounded, with the F word, it sounded like super ego, but it's kind of how I felt. When you win everything, I feel like, like you I, can like have I won, it. <laughs> like it wasn't made up. Like I won them all, yeah. you know? And I was like, do I really want to risk that? And uh, that was where the intimidation came sure. from. Okay. So I actually was quite intimidated at the start. Well, the guy that, that there's that Mitch, yeah. and he gave you a spot of bother at the first uh, Highlands race that you did. Yeah, I only won by like 12 seconds or something. And like your your heart rate data was like crazy. Highest highest like per minute effort output of the year. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and then the second time I raced him, he ended up tearing. I I, I gapped him pretty hard, so I knew I was going to beat him. But he tore a crank, and so that was a variable. Yeah. Um. So really raced him. I knew he was hungry for me. So am I going to be able to do this or not? And that was, I knew it was going to, the bright was, the light was bright upon me. Everyone had an expectation as did I, and it was going to be really hard to live up to it. And the fact that I was able to makes it, I think I'm like some of the most proud, I may be most proud of that event Yeah, than awesome. most of them, which was crazy. Yeah. I mean, state champ. I mean, that's not a small issue. Like, no, no, no. Like I, I won it last year, yeah. state champ as well, but it was like three races and you know, I did it. This but, was kind of cool that I was like, this is the race. Yeah. It it was like it's like a world championship race. Yeah. It's one day. Who's the best that day? Yeah. You get to be the world champ for the year. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So intensity nice. was high. I won and uh damn it felt good. And I actually made friends with Mitch afterwards. We rolled around and <laughs> finally. We, yeah, like <laughs> instead we, of just being like growling at each other over your covid mask <laughs> totally like <laughs> we became buzz we promised to like ride together and so that's what's been that's been really cool so nice and then you already had the nue uh national ultra endurance series locked down before this but you you had to go make it yours yeah i wanted to put i wanted to i wanted <laughs> to put the stamp on it yeah you know people talk about people which is think, hilarious because you're like i don't know if i'm gonna do it and before we even hung up, first you had been like, yeah, I'm going to do it. The second you finished saying, I don't know if I'm going to do it, I was like, he's fucking doing it. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was cool because I think 2020 will have an asterisk for a lot of people. Yeah. And I think it'll only have it for the people that didn't show up. So I think for the people that didn't do events this year because of the COVID concern and, and they just kind of said, you know, it, it's not the normal year, so I can't do it. 
I think those people are going to look at 2020 with an asterisk. I think anyone who actually did race in 2020 realizes that not only are they valid wins uh, and valid events or valid finishes, yeah. um, but they're actually probably the most competitive because you're diluting the, or I'm sorry, you're, you're segmenting the crowd now down to the tightest group of core, core racers. Mm -hmm. So no, did I, did I race fields of 50 or 60 people um, at these races? No, not at all. But at every one of the four races that I did, the guy who won last year, the 2019 NUE title holder, he was at all four of them. And so it felt good to go to Grizzly yeah. and beat him for the – so I beat him all four races. And now my accumulative points are first place, first place, first place, which is pretty right. neat. And you got to – they did like the a, a kind of big to-do Yeah, awards. I got to like splash some champagne around and spray some people. and I saw that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, those are really short little re recaps. Yeah, that's fine though, because yeah. you know we're moving, you know, and that's part of. It. Isn't that how this goes? Like, cool, uh, onward and upward. Did that twenty twenty one check. <laughs> um, so that's what we got, man. We got season I'm three. I'm excited for season three. Um, just to give you guys some teasers, um, we'll have some more call in guests, like you said. Um, the the owner, director, race director, the creator of Laruda, Roman mm -hmm. Urbina. We're gonna get him on. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and get. My buddy Amir, who I met first year at LaRuda, he also did it the second year with me. He's back out, gonna do it as well. This guy Brad Cobb, who has won the NUE many times, national champs. Uh, he's in Tennessee in Chattanooga. He's gonna come on. We're going to do Try my to damn Tinker. my new buddy. Try to get Tinker, your race buddy, Tinker. <laughs> my race buddy Tinker. So we'll get Tinker Juarez on the on the podcast, and so we're gonna have some cool guests yeah. to get because there's gonna be a big group of us, not yeah. just you and I, but some of these affiliates that yeah. have kind of become part of our cast of characters yeah um and then uh maybe we'll try to come up with some kind of fun like fitness check-ins benchmarks that sort of stuff speaking of guests just real quick and then we'll wrap up they got me again dude <laughs> i didn't comment on purpose i did not see it <laughs> no I know. what's wrong with you you know i no. still like that race yeah i don't care it's crazy i know for I those know. of you listening <laughs> Harley signed up for the umpteenth time now. It's he just, just signed up for a race that he knows he's not going to be able to do. Okay, that's not fair. That's not fair. That's not fair to them. That's not fair to whatever. But he signed up for Old Man Winter again, and I'm, like, baffled by it. So here's where it comes from. Somebody who's way higher level rider than me, has way more of a, a presence within, like, the pro level, media level of the bike industry, Used to run a website, got hired by a real company and had to like stop. Um, but he had a website that was just, it was the whole website was just calling the bike industry out and bike racers out on all their bullshit. And the statement that he made was if the race entry fee is what's stopping you from racing, you weren't going to race in the first place. So the, it's not about the hundred bucks yeah. to me. And no. that, that's where I land. No, I you know, it. like, at the end of the day, a hundred bucks is not an insignificant amount of money to me, but for the possibility of going out and doing a race that I want to do, it's well worth the gamble. Yeah. I just, I feel like, <laughs> I know, I know, you know I know, but man, also I didn't get shit on last year. I got COVID last year and couldn't go to the race, Yeah, but I didn't get shit on like everybody no, else. Did. I, I know, but then we, we <laughs> literally smacked them in the mouth. I know. I know. Guys, season three is going to be sweet. We're going to have fun. a ton of guests that are going to be around this idea of this LaRuda concept. We're going to watch as both Harley and I 
look to become different racers by the end of this event. And that's going to be, that's going to look different for each of us. But no matter what, uh, I do know that the training, the effort, the heart, the blood, sweat, tears, the learning that are going to it will be parallel because we're going to dive up to this thing. Like we do everything with passion, community, and looking to build each other up on the bike. And so we're looking forward to bringing you guys along with us. Stick in. Season three is going to be awesome. Thanks for listening, guys. Yo, wait, you're done! So get the fuck out! Yo, wait, you're done!